Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the All Out Blitz podcast. You are here with Brady. And Jeff, I think. I think so. <laughs> Kid want to do the intro today. I said, go for it, I guess. Yep. Awesome. We're back here talking week seven review. Yes. The National Football League. All kinds of heartbreak and surprising wins. Yeah. And other things yep. out there in the world going on. Mm-hmm. Let's get into week seven. Let's just, let's just talk about week seven. Review. Any news you want to talk about? I think there was a. I think there was a trade happened today. Everson Griffin got traded to the Detroit Lions for a sixth rounder from the Dallas Cowboys, starting Cowboys. to implode from the inside. Yep. Uh, it's a good pickup by the Lions. The Lions apparently think they have something after last second beating the Falcons this week. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it makes them think they're going to go to the playoffs. So let's go for a push. Good old Matt Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> um, lots of interesting uh, games this week, I feel. There's uh, one undefeated team left. Yep. Um, our picks didn't work out so well this week. No, it's going to be the surprise. Pretty bad. <laughs> this was the surprise week of the NFL. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the first first game last Thursday night. Um, NFC East, Turlet Bowl battle. New York Giants traveled into Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Eagles win this one 22-21. Yeah. It's a pretty decent little game. Yeah. Daniel Jones seems like a bum. He is. <laughs> I really don't know if it's him or if it's the line or what it is. He just seems to make really bad decisions when he has the football in his hands. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to potentially have a, uh, you know, top five pick. Maybe they'll grab another quarterback. Who knows? Maybe. We'll see what happens. Uh, Eagles taking that one, though. Yeah. Scooching them closer to being the top of the NFC East. <laughs> uh, this next game was an absolute battle uh, from the beginning. Didn't look so good at first, but towards the end of the game, absolutely phenomenal. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the unbeaten Steelers, took on the unbeaten Tennessee Titans, and the Steelers won this 27-24 on a last uh, I want to say minute and a half or whatever it was, missed field goal to send into overtime from the Tennessee By Titans. Dostowski. Yeah, that was upsetting. Very. I was watching that game, and the, Tennessee, the Titans just fought and fought and scratched tooth and nail to get back into this game. Tannehill did great. Derrick Henry did what he needed to do. Corey Davis was in the mix. A.J. Brown was in the mix. That offense was clicking. Yeah. They get him into field goal range to chip it in. From one of the best kickers of all time, shanks it. Yep, just unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, it still drives me nuts to today. Uh, really good football game. Yeah, Steelers were dominating first half of football. Tennessee came back, made it a game, made it a good game. Yeah, uh, we'll see if they we'll see if they can roll back from this one. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, but definitely. Definitely a look into what could potentially be maybe an AFC championship game. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, next game, heartbreak again for our Atlanta Falcons. Lose on a last-second touchdown pass to the Detroit Lions. They dropped this one again, 23-22. Uh, Atlanta had the win here again. Um, Todd Gurley scored with a minute and nine seconds to go. Which is kind of stupid because he didn't want to score. Well, he didn't, but you know, you know, when you think about that, was the whole thing. A big thing came out after that is he was trying to get down at the one, yeah. so they can kneel it, kick the field goal, 
and win the football game. Yeah. Here's the thing. That, first of all, <laughs> fans are just, <laughs> Falcons fans are so gone at this point. Yeah. Um, they're just so mad. And, and I know Todd, Todd was Todd's intention. He wanted to get down. And um, when you score a touchdown in the National Football League, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's what you want to do. This time he didn't want to score. But here's, but he, hear me out though. Scoring that touchdown put you up by six points. Okay. Yep. I get where they wanted to run the clock down to three seconds, kick the field goal, game over. There's still a possibility he misses that field goal. That's true. Okay. And then you lose by two, and then you wasted a minute and a half, you minute, minute and eight seconds sitting at the one yard line. Right? Yeah. That alone, that conversation of we should have knelt and taken the field goal when you had a chance to punch it in and go up by six and just not let the Lions score a touchdown in a minute and nine seconds, that should tell people how much faith they do not have in their own defensive unit to where they would rather run the clock out, potentially miss a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown and saying, hey, Lions had zero timeouts. Just don't let them score a touchdown. Yeah. For an NFL defense, that should not be a problem. Yeah, That defense is horrendous, and I want them to absolutely gut it at the end of the season. Anyway, Lions fans, my boy Matty Stafford, Way to chuck that ball to good old Hawkinson for the win. Mm. win. I could be happy for Stafford. I'm okay. I'd, I'd much rather lose to, lose to Stafford than Drew Brees. Let's put it that way. I'm okay with that. So Lions take this to go up 23-22. Next game, Battle of Ohio. Cleveland Browns took on the Cincinnati Bengals. This time the game much closer, much more high scoring Browns still come out on top, 37-34. Just proves the Browns are better than the Bengals. Burrow had a game. Burrow had a good game. OBJ goes down with a torn ACL out the rest of the year. Yep. So they lose Odell. Um, Jarvis again. Dude, that dude is a stud. I just, they are lucky to have Jarvis Landry on their football team. That's all I got to say. Um, this was a late a late scratch. Uh Stud tight end Austin Hooper did not play. He ended up having appendicitis and needed emergency surgery to have his appendix removed. So he's probably going to be out this coming week here as well, but he's doing good. He'll be back in a mix here shortly, but he didn't play. Um, got some other guys involved. It worked out pretty well. Cleveland Browns take on the Bengals. Yeah. Put the, they put the cat down again. Yeah. Second time this season. Um. This game wasn't that good here. What was that? <laughs> the Green Bay Packers took on the Houston Texans. Packers win this 35-20. Damn. Um, it was never really close. The Packers really took that beating that they took from the Bucks the week before to heart, mm-hmm. and they came out and just Devontae Adams went for almost 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, him and Rodgers really had it going on. Uh, Deshaun and, and his team there for the Tech, they had nothing going on. That was tough. That was a tough one to watch. 
Mm. Houston Texans of last year would have put up quite a fight. I'm not sure what's going on there. They're, they've been doing pretty good, too, since good old Bill O'Brien's got the boot. But, uh, you know, Deshaun didn't have a terrible game. But it's just, it was a tough game to watch. Packers just had this one rolling. Yeah. Um, next game was a battle in the NFC South. Carolina Panthers rolled into New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints come out on top by just a field goal and win this one 27-24. Yeah. Michael Thomas, crybaby Thomas, still not playing. Potentially even on the trade block because they don't like his attitude. There are going to be a lot of teams that want to sign him. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. But that, that almost just seemed like it was a match made in heaven right there. Saints and Thomas. Yeah. He, he seems like a Saints type of player. And it's, and it's nothing negative coming for me as a Falcons fan. But he seems like he fits that culture. He fits that team. Um, him and Drew Brees definitely have a great connection. Now, with Brees, this is more than likely his final year uh, in the NFL. Who knows what they're going to want to do. You know, they're going to need to find a quarterback he's play next year. No, he's not. Tom Brady's going to. Tom Brady will. Um, no, Breeze is going to retire uh, after this season. He's already got a job lined up with, I don't know, NBC or somebody to do commentary for football. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to try to unload him maybe and try to get some draft picks and maybe get a, get, maybe get another QB cap. or some more cap space to get some more stars to help. Uh, bridge well, this gap. After, well, after you get rid of him, you got to go after a wide receiver. Well, they do have Emmanuel Sanders, right? So he could be their new number one. So they just need to backfill a little and? bit. I'm just saying. I know. They just need to backfill a little bit. Plus, they still have Kamara. They're still going to have Taysom Hill running his stupid, crazy plays. But is Taysom the guy? Is Winston the guy? I don't think either of them are, to be honest with you. But we'll see what happens there. Um, Panthers looked pretty good, though. Playing, playing the Saints there. We're going to see what happens. We're going to talk about this, but this Thursday night game is uh, prime time for the Atlanta Falcons to take on the Carolina Panthers. Looking forward to that. Our first Thursday night game. And last uh, last primetime game of the year for Atlanta, which is fine because they're not a primetime team. That's that's all right, though. Um, Neither the Panthers. but Panthers looking to activate Christian McCaffrey off of injured reserve. Still likely not to play this Thursday, probably next week. Um but they're activating him before uh, before he ends up getting locked in there. So uh, can't wait to see him back on the field. Hopefully, just not this week. Um, but that was no overall. It was a good football game. I it was a lot closer than I expected. Yeah. Panthers defense showed up. They caused a little bit of grief for uh, for Breeze there. They they didn't. They, we talked about this too. Is you know they really needed to focus on shutting Kamara down, and they really didn't do that. Um, yeah, overall, it was it was one of the surprising good football games of the weekend. Now, this next game ended up being a chip shot kind of game. Um, it was not what I expected or what we talked about in the last episode, is the Buffalo Bills took on the New York Jets. And the Bills, to, was, to me... It was a surprisingly close game. To me, barely squeaked this out with an 18-10 to 10 win. And I say that because that Bills defense... The Jets defense were winning is, at the beginning of the game. Well, the Bills defense is really good. The Dolphins completely shut the Jets out. The Jets put 10 points up. The Bills only scored 18 points, and that was on six field goals. Yeah. That means Josh Allen, all those running backs, and those wide receivers did not score a single touchdown against the Jets. I think that is alarming. Yeah. 
Now, it's not saying Josh Allen had a bad football game because he didn't. That Jets defense did something right against the Buffalo Bills. I figured this was going to be a get-right game because the Bills lost and they needed a team like this to boost up what they can do as a football team when they play together, and it didn't turn out to be that way. Maybe they look like as it did because they were still able to pull out the victory and it was a close game, but this is a team they should have absolutely destroyed. Yeah. We should have seen it like 20 to like 6. I mean, it was great because their kicker, Tyler Bass, I picked up couple uh, days before for my fantasy team so dude six field goals i was it was great but uh, <laughs> it was uh i just i i picked him up because i figured they would have threw a ton of touchdowns he'd have a bunch of extra points or at least a bunch of field goals but not that many Jeez, that was crazy i know they should have won like 20 to 6 <sighs> it should have been more than that should have been 30 30 59 to 30 one. something to 6 59 I, probably, to 1 yeah but uh <laughs> No, it's crazy. I, I I still can't believe that that game was that close. I think I think the Buffalo Bills need to figure something out with their backfield. They and do. I'm only I'm I'm saying this partially as an upset fantasy football guy because I have Devin Singletary in two of my leagues and the dude barely touches the ball even though he's supposed to be their number one. But they got three one running backs toting the ball. You need some consistent consistency. Different running styles, different body types, different everything. Um, is not good for that offensive line to have to think about who's back there, how are we blocking this time, and these and these runners to uh, to, to hit the right gaps and, and take off with the ball. I just they got to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, I watched part of this next game too, which I wasn't going to, uh, but they spent a lot of time with NFL Red Zone on this one. It was the Dallas Cowboys took on the Washington Football Team, and again the Cowboys get absolutely annihilated. 25-3. to three. Andy Dalton goes down with a dirty hit. A headshot from John Bostick, linebacker from Washington. He was ejected. Um, Dalton's in the concussion protocol. They had some other guy came in. I don't even remember his name. Ben something. Uh, I told you they're going for Haskins. They're not going to get Haskins. They're going for Haskins. They don't need Haskins. They need Haskins. Nobody needs Haskins. Better than the third stringer. I don't know if he is. I think he is. (laughs) Um, James Winston's better than him, and he throws interceptions. It's true. At least he throws a bunch of touchdowns, too, though. That's Uh, true. He threw 33 touchdowns. So, but Dallas loses. I mean, they lose a big one here. Washington now back in the mix for the lead in the NFC East. Dallas Um, is probably fourth now. No, I think they're still tied for first. Oh my gosh! <laughs> See, I think all these. I think it the really East, is the turlet division of the NFL. Washington. Well, actually, f- here's a cool stat for you: first time in NFL history, by this time in a season, the end of week seven, where a division does not have a team with at least three wins. Wow! That's, Washington, that's, Dallas, and the Eagles all have two wins. That's and that's they are not leading. A, the, and they are leading the division. That's not a that's not a proud trophy to no, be. That's pretty terrible. That's not a trophy to be proud of. It's pretty terrible. But uh, no, good win for Washington though. They they were uh, they put a good game plan together to go against Dallas. There, Dallas had absolutely nothing. That team is imploding. Um, now they're losing a star rusher in Everson Griffin. That is tough. I could see them unloading some more people by the end of this year if this stuff doesn't get straightened out. I wonder if they paid Dak yet. No, they they're should. not going to touch anything with paying anybody till the offseason uh but washington kudos man and and just another quick uh let's let's talk a little positive news here so not only did ron rivera win a football game against a divisional opponent on sunday yesterday he went and took his final 
cancer treatment um, out of this round of chemotherapy. So uh, hopefully everything's still looking good. Uh, hopefully gets his cancer taken care of. He gets healthy again. Uh, but saw a little video online yesterday of, of him just finishing up his last uh, last therapy session and walking out and just some cool stuff that the doctors and nurses did for him. So it was really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. It's uh, a nice little thing that we don't get to see too often in the news these days. Uh, just, just a nice uh, heartwarming kind of little story. So awesome for Rivera. Glad to hear that. Big fan of that guy and uh, big win for Washington. Yep. Let's move on to the next, next game, game, which was another beating. Tampa Bay Buccaneers trounced the Las Vegas Raiders 45 to 20. Ish. Now, Vegas, of course, you know, had that news of the entire offensive line and Jonathan Abram out with COVID. The line was actually able to play, Abram was not. It didn't seem to really matter. Tom Brady and that offense is clicking. I mean, scary clicking. And that defense is a top three defense in the National Football League. Actually, I don't know if we talked about it last episode, but um, Antonio Brown's going to sign with the Bucks. Already did. Uh, okay. Not really. Oh, also, uh, just uh, now, today got confirmed, Des Bryant signing to the practice squad with the Ravens. Yeah, so he'll come up. But uh, no, a Antonio Brown, the, the agreement is there. I don't think he can officially sign... Uh, until after his suspension, after week eight. But yeah. the agreement has been reached between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Antonio Brown. And that, of course, is a, it's a cheap um, pickup. You know, I don't know if I'd say low risk, high reward. I think there is quite a bit of risk there when you bring that kind of personality into a locker Medium room. Medium risk, high reward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an insurance policy. Godwin's dealing with some hamstring stuff all season. Mike Evans dealing with some ankle stuff. If any of those guys have to sit out, you can easily plug and play Antonio Brown, which is already familiar with yeah, Tom we were, Brady. Yeah, we were talking we were talking about this earlier, and I said it was kind of smart because Godwin's been having stuff like all season so far. It is, and I think I think Bruce Arians is the right guy as far as head coach because he will not put up with anything, and if Antonio Brown gets out of line, he won't have a problem cutting him either. No, after week one, um, he came. Uh, he came out and said Tom Brady needs to get better. So now, I mean, Bruce Arians is a, he's a no nonsense kind of coach. I like him. Um, he's the one who doesn't take no grip. But that his Tampa Bay team is looking very impressive halfway through the year here. We'll see if that continues. They I got think it weapons upon weapons now. Well, and we were talking about this earlier too. Is that's the type of offense you have to have in the NFL? That's why the Chiefs are so good right now. It's yeah. because they have a great quarterback with a ton of good Patrick weapons. Holmes, they got Travis Kelsey. They the Buccaneers got... have Tom Brady. They have Cameron Brait. They have O.J. Howard. They have Gronk. They have Godwin. They, they have, have Evans. Evans. They have Fournette. They have Rojo. They have Shady McCoy. Like, there's so many people, talented stacks, pe players on offense. Stacks, stacks of weapons. Chiefs are the same way. And, yep. and that's what you need to win in, in this day and age in the NFL. So they yep. have the right the right methodology and the right thought to this, um, which can definitely take them towards a championship type of season. Yeah, from where they're playing. But they, they crushed the Raiders. That was just... Like I said, dead. <laughs> or was a back-and-forth team. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Yeah, they are. That was It was crazy. They, they went on to just completely stuff everything the Chiefs wanted to do and then come out and lay a couple eggs. So uh, that leads us into the next game. The Kansas City Chiefs 
went into mile high to take on the Denver Broncos. Chiefs crushed them, 43-16. to 16. Never really in doubt. Clyde. Was it snowing? It was snowing. First big snow game of the year. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. People were saying it was going to uh, the day before the game. People were saying it was, or no, the same day as the game. People were saying it's gonna, it might could be, it could be the first snow game of the season. It was. Uh, rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a pretty good game. He run all over the place. Uh, Mahomes threw the ball pretty well. Uh, Chiefs do what they did. Defense really stepped up. Had a couple of turnovers. Um, Broncos really couldn't get much of anything going. Um, Philip Lindsay, I think, injured again. So Melvin Gordon back in there taking all the snaps at running back for the Broncos. Um, Broncos just not a good team this year either. And it just doesn't help when you take, take on somebody like the Chiefs where they expose everything that you have going on that's wrong. Um, and, and the Chiefs did just that with a big victory there. Yeah. Next game was a bit of a surprise to me, and I think we'll, we'll let's talk about this one a little bit too. The, the San Francisco 49ers beat the New England Patriots 33-6. to Cam Newton gets benched. Jared Stidham goes in. Something is wrong with the QB spot with Cam Newton since he had COVID. Remember, he, was, he had COVID, yeah. and ever since he came back, Hasn't been the same. Hasn't been Cam Newton. Is there something still lingering, even though he tested negative and can play, to where he just he's not himself yet? So no, maybe he has like an injury that we don't know about. I don't know. It's just weird. But the Niners are putting it together. This was a big, big win for them. It was a statement win for the Niners. Doesn't doesn't seem to matter the last couple of weeks here with the number of injuries they've had on offense and or mainly defense. But it doesn't seem to matter. They're still pulling out wins. Even without Bosa. Everybody else is stepping up. That's the game of football. Next man up. Niners are doing it. We'll see if they keep it up. I don't think they have the potential to beat somebody like Tampa Bay right now. I don't even think it's close. I want to see it happen. But but Tampa's defense is way too good right now. And they have a lot of confidence, which is scary. Um Next yeah, game. New England. I don't know though about them, man. That's they're not looking too hot. No, a couple of losses. If you think Jarrett Stidham is going to be your guy, that's rough too. <laughs> yes, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Um, big win for the Niners, though. Big statement win over the Patriots. Um, next game, Jacksonville Jaguars took on the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers win here, thirty-nine to twenty-nine. And boy, let me tell you what, that rookie quarterback Justin Herbert looks like the real deal. Good, because he's getting me fantasy points. He already has an amazing relationship with my boy Keenan Allen and a couple of the other guys there, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. They are they are moving. That offense is good right now. I don't think he's played a game with Austin Eckler. He hasn't. Wow. But here's the other interesting thing. So on the defensive side of the ball, Melvin Ingram came back. So when you put up Melvin Ingram on one side, Joey Bosa on the other side, that's a scary defense. Yeah. And that's without a Derwin James in the backfield because he's out again all year. So that defense yeah. is looking really good too. Chargers, um, good right now, looking like a, an amazing pickup of Justin Herbert in this last year's draft. Yeah, he's looking like he is definitely the guy for the future for that football team, which is great because they had Philly Rivers for so long, and he's doing terrible this season. Terod Taylor, um, Terod, they, uh, you know, he was supposed to be more of a 
you know, to bridge the gap between the old and the young or the old and he's the new. He's looking like uh, last week he just got cleared up. but uh, He's uh, going to be the backup. I think he's going to be the backup now. So, uh, Justin Herbert in there, though, man, that dude looks – Justin he is, he is fun Bert. to watch. Next he's, a, he's a lot of fun to watch. So, can't wait to see what they do the rest of the year. <clears throat> um, next game is by far, so far, in the 2020 season, game of the year. What's that? Seattle Seahawks took on the Aaron's. Arizona Cardinals – the Cardinals knock off the unbeaten Seahawks in overtime. 34-31. Oh. Um, absolute game of the year from beginning to extra end. To extra, extra this end. This game was excitement. Offense, defense, special teams. Last year, I completely disagree with Kyler Murray being offensive rookie of the year because he was not the best offensive rookie last year. Mm. Kyler Murray this year looks like a completely different quarterback. I think Josh Jacobs uh, I think he, he should have been last year. Wasn't Lamar? He wasn't a rookie last year. Uh, wasn't he? No. Oh. Kyler Murray looks like a top five quarterback right now. And he's got D-hop and fits to throw to, which absolutely helps him. I think Russ um, is still going to win the MVP. It's too early to tell, but I, I mean, I don't see why. I, he did not have a great game. He threw three interceptions, which is really weird for him. One of them was almost a pick six if DK Metcalf wasn't a freaking freight train. I just ran after him. I mean, just booked it. So, so Buda, Be- Buda Baker picks off the ball, takes off for 90 yards. DK Metcalf, the dump truck, starts off behind him, takes off and catches up and tackles him to save a pick six. And just remember, this dude's as big as Batman. You need how big is Batman? He's fake. So, (laughs) if if you haven't seen the video of DK chasing down Buda Baker, you gotta look it up because man, I'll tell you what, that is a dude that I would want on my football team because that shows all heart and no quit. Yeah. We were talking about this. You you randomly ask me football questions sometimes, like is so and so better than this person, or yeah. who's better than this person? And you you asked me this question. You said, "Is DK Metcalf better than Megatron?" I said, is he, "I said, is he the next? Is he the next Megatron?" Calvin Johnson. And Lions fans may hate me for this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said he's already better. DK's better. Yeah. He's just as big. He's much faster and I don't know what coaches or GM or, or staff or anybody did not see from him in the combine or in his years playing college football this dude in, in my opinion is probably a top four wide receiver in the National Football League he is so amazingly good his hands are great. His footwork is great. His route running, which is the biggest knock on him because he was just a speedster in college with his major size, is so precise. I think it he's one of the top wide receivers. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Cool. I, I am so impressed. I love watching him play football. He's got the little baby binky in his mouth. It's just... That's I mean, so funny. Now he's got, like, pink hair or something. Like, it's just... 
There's just something about that guy. And when you see somebody like that chase a guy down after 90 yards and you just see his size and speed, that's one thing. But, man, he could have just left him go. He could have. But no. He's like, he's like, he was literally the only person, as soon as he saw that, he tore off in a straight line Yep. to, to just go. Oh, it was absolutely it was amazing to watch. That dude just, I would, I would sign him in a heartbeat if I was a GM or a coach or anybody that even had an opinion on him. Santa who, released him. Oh, my. I would, uh, yeah. He's never going to go anywhere, period. He's not. But I'm just, I'm not even saying if he was released or I'd ask for a trade. I'm just saying if he was an available player. Sign him. I would trade almost anything yeah. to go get him because that is something that you want in your locker room. And that is something, by the way, that Falcons fans should not take for granted because that is the type of player Julio Jones is. Yeah, he's just not as big. Very close. Yeah. Very close. But it's that, that presence in the locker room and as a part of a team that is completely and utterly unselfish is not something that you see with players like Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas. Odell. Odell. These other big-name receivers that claim that they're the best or people claim that they're the best, that is that that untangible that – that you want these players that's to have a, when you're a part the of the team. Same as like DK and Julio, like they don't say, like they don't outright come and say like they're the best wide receivers. If you are the best, you don't have to say it; other people will. Yeah, it's true. So, but anyway, this game was absolutely phenomenal. If if you haven't seen it, go check out highlights YouTube, NFL Network, whatever it is. If you have a chance, if you have NFL Game Pass or whatever, you can go check out. The, go watch the whole thing. Take the time; it is worth it. Game of the year. Um, <clears throat> last game of the week, uh, last night, Chicago Bears traveled into L.A. to take on the Rams. Uh, Rams won this very easily. 20-something 20, to 10. 24 to 10. Rams defense, annihil- I mean, Nick Foles couldn't do anything. Multiple picks. Uh, they just had their way with the entire Bears offense. That, de- that defense for the Rams looked great yesterday. The offense played really well as well. So it's, you know, not much to say here. The, the, the Bears only had one loss at this point. Um, this is loss number two for them. So they're still in the mix of everything, but a big, big win for the L.A. Rams on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, that wraps up. Week seven review. Week seven in the NFL. Let's talk about up through week seven leaders, stat leaders. Top let's five t- rushing, passing, receiving. Let's talk passing. Passing. So we have... Great. Let's go yards. Let's do it. Um, number one in passing yards. Yes. Matt Ryan. Yeah. 2,181. Jeez. Number two, Deshaun Watson, 2,095. Number All three, right. my boy Joe Burrow. Joey Burrow. 2,023. Number four, Josh Allen, 2,020. Teddy Bridgewater, number five. 1,931. That's pretty awesome right there. He has 2020. Yeah, Josh Allen does. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, let's do touchdowns, passing touchdowns. Number one, Russell Wilson with 22. Not surprised. He's a great Number TV. two, Tom Brady with 18. Aaron Rodgers, number three, with 17. Tied for fourth, so fourth and fifth here. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen with 16. Cool. Interceptions. Who has the most picks? 
Uh, There's a tie for first. Let me think. Wait, how many players? Just two. two. Okay, let me think. Um, number one is... Three, two, one. I don't know. Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz tied for first with ten interceptions. Forgot about those guys. There's a five-way tie. For number two. For third. <laughs> Seven interceptions. Cam Newton, Fitzmagic, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray. Well, he was he, Matt Ryan's not in it. Yay. No. Matt Ryan is having a really good year. Yes. <clears throat> Anybody that's not Falcons fans, my apologies, but. This is for Falcons fans that saying we Sorry, want, that the way. Falcons want Trevor Lawrence because we don't. No, we don't. Matt Ryan, 66.5 completion percentage so far this year. Le- passing yard leader, 2181. 7.6 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. I'll take it. I will too. Um, okay, that's passing. Let's cover receiving next. Who is the receiving leader in yards? That goes to the one. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. I knit. 704 yards. Robbie Anderson. Wait, let me guess. Calvin's up there. Robbie Anderson, number two, was 641. Number three, Calvin Ridley, I 615. Knew it. Number four, Stephon Diggs, was 603. And fifth, Amari Cooper, with 583. Touchdowns. There is a tie for, for first between Adam Thielen. And Tyler Lockett with seven touchdowns. There is also a tie for third between Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley with six. Yeah. There is a four-way tie for fifth between Tyreek Hill, Will Fuller, DK Metcalf, and Christian Kirk. Kirk. From the Arizona Cardinals with five. Calvin is having a phenomenal me and you were talking about this earlier today but calvin's having a phenomenal year yes he is very very good year in the future he could definitely have a number one spot and he probably will he will um let's take a look at rushing leaders let's do it yards number one derrick henry 668 two rookie clyde edwards elaire for 551 Number three, <clears throat> running back just recently injured, so this will drop. Kenyon Drake with 512. Four, Ronald Jones, 506. Five, Dalvin Cook with 489. And just because we're fans, number six, Todd Gurley, just four yards or behind CMC. Dalvin Cook for 485. Or CMC. Well, he dropped quite a bit because he hasn't played in like five weeks. Oh. Where he is right now. He was still up there. He used to be up there. He is 49th right now. Oh, jeez. He should play against Atlanta. He'll go back to first. He'll rush yeah, he for will. 600 yards. Yep. Um, rushing touchdowns. <clears throat> Three-way tie for first between Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Todd Gurley for seven touchdowns. Um, another three-way tie for fourth, Aaron Jones, Zeke Elliott, Josh Jacobs with five. Those are our current passing, receiving, and rushing leaders through week seven in the NFL. And that wraps up. Week seven the, review. 
All Out Blitz podcast week seven review. And the NFL. Who? Of the NFL. Who? And the NFL. What? Next football league. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that wraps up. We'll be back here on Thursday before the Thursday night football game of the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers to talk a week eight review and talk and break down the preview. games. Preview, review. Let's just talk football. Uh, Don't we already do that? No. Oh, apparently. So, with that being said, from us here at the All Out Blitz podcast, have a great couple of days before we see you back here on Thursday to talk week eight. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace out. Bye.